As the pandemic and teleworking drag on, people stuck at home are starting to discover the secondary effect of isolation from coworkers. There's no one to commiserate with, no happy chance encounters, no exposure to bosses for potential promotion. Here to ruminate on the dark side of perpetual telework, longtime leadership scholar Bob Tobias. And Bob, I guess it's different from you and I. I know you've been isolated in a remote cabin in a remote part of an eastern state for some time now. But, you know, we've had our working careers mostly behind us. But for the young people, I think they're beginning to question whether working from the couch is such a great idea. Well, yes. Um, we've been focusing when we've been looking at telework and efficiency. Can people who are teleworking actually do the work as efficient or even more efficient than coming into work? And I think that the answer to that question is yes. Particularly in the federal government, the answer is yes. But now we're starting to think about, well, you know, here I am all by myself with only my Zoom to keep me company. And that's not a substitute for a workplace where I bump into people and can enhance my networks at work, either in terms of promotions or more importantly, as a social network where I create friends and I do things together with those at work. I just don't have those opportunities now that I'm at home all alone by myself. Yes. And I think also some of the social networks that you create become professional networks over time. And I think you have to have been working a few years to understand how important that can be sometimes without even realizing it. A name will pop up and golly, that fits something I need right now. So the opportunity to build that, what they used to call the black book, you know, of contacts just doesn't happen in this setting. Well, in the program that I participate in at American University, we focus on creating networks across where you work because you need other people in other divisions, other agencies to help you get your work done. But you really don't have the opportunity to do that because there are no meetings where you might meet someone new from outside of those you already know. So the opportunities are constricting rather than expanding. And I think a lot of observers have begun to notice that the Zoom and all of its clones and cousin types of applications have limits to their utility in terms of some of the social aspects of it, in part because one is looking at oneself, which is something you're not used to doing in a meeting. You see everybody else, but you don't see yourself. I think we haven't explored how profound a difference that really is in some setting. I agree with you, Tom. I have students who started in person and then with the pandemic, it's now online. And so every single group that has had both say, well, you know, the content is fine. You know, we're still getting the content, but what we miss is those opportunities to have lunch together, those opportunities to have a drink after class, those opportunities during breaks to explore something that was discussed and to get a different perspective. So they don't have that, and Zoom doesn't provide that. The spontaneity that comes from in-person conversations. Also, there's more awkwardness in Zoom. Like if you are in an hour-long meeting at work and you have to go hit the head, well, you get up from your chair, you slip out, you slip back in, no big deal. When you leave a Zoom meeting, either you have to turn off your camera or you see somebody walk away and where are they going? And then you see this big empty space or worse, they take their device with them and you're saying to yourself, please, dear God, don't go to the bathroom with it. Don't go to the bathroom with it. So there's that kind of awkwardness. There is, Tom. There is. Don't go to the bathroom with it. Let's get focused here. 
So this idea of leaders who are employing teleworkers who will have this extended aloneness, I think have to start thinking anew about assisting in the creation of social networks and professional networks for these stay-at-home people. We're speaking with Bob Tobias. He is a professor in the key executive leadership program at American University. And I want to talk about the promotion aspects or at least the exposure to bosses aspects because sometimes, you know, in a real corporate setting like a large federal agency or any federal agency or any contractor company, one has exposure to one's own boss. But I remember working in a large company that had a huge installation up near Boston and, you know, my boss's boss was there and his boss and his boss and they were all male in those days. So you had exposure to people that could, frankly, do you good. And in my case, they did do me good as time went on. That doesn't happen with teleworking. It does not. There doesn't seem to be really conscious effort to make up for being quarantined. So even though there are meetings where people are on the back bench, Zoom meetings on the back bench, it's not like being there where after the meeting you can walk up and introduce yourself and say, I'm Tom. And I I participated in the preparation of this material. It doesn't happen, can't happen. Yeah, so what do we do about this at this point? Well, I think that the first thing is awareness. Awareness that this is a problem. It is something that certainly my students are talking about. And they're mid-level managers in the federal government and higher members of the SES. They're talking about it and thinking about it. But it's a new awareness. So the first step is I'm aware that the problem exists. And second... What am I going to do about it? And I think that once I'm aware of it, I might be creative about maybe happy hours, maybe planned book club discussions. I'm not sure what the answer is, but I do know it's an issue that needs to be addressed. And I wonder if this is particularly worse for women and perhaps minorities, people of color, that the people that we're talking about trying to get more into the mainstream of participation in all levels of organizations from the bottom to the very top. I mean, often exposure to people that are different is the best way to overcome whatever suspicions or biases you might have had, because, you know, once you get to know everyone, they're just somebody, a person. I agree. And I think that's particularly an issue for my boss's boss, because I don't have that contact. I don't bump into them in the hallway. I don't see them in a cafeteria. So I have no way of letting myself be known, letting myself be seen by anyone other, for the most part, than my boss and my immediate colleagues. It's a very limiting atmosphere. And I've noticed one other kind of odd phenomenon on especially large Zoom meetings. I was participating in one just the other day, which was with my alma mater. And I'm on the advisory board of a school newspaper after 40 years 45 years gone. I'm the outside advisor, and the rest was professors and associate deans and so on, about 12 people, and this poor kid who's the editor who's, you know, about to graduate. And nobody was smiling on that Zoom meeting, maybe because they didn't like their looks in those crummy webcams. But I wanted to say, folks, this kid's about to graduate. Let's smile at him a little bit, you know. (laughs) Lighten up. Lighten Lighten up up a little bit. Lighten up. I, I, I think that's right. You know, it's really, really hard. Tom, to stay focused on a Zoom meeting that lasts more than an hour. And a lot of these people are still back-to-back-to-back-to-back Zoom meetings. And it takes extra intellectual energy to stay focused, extra emotional energy to stay focused. And I think people are just tired. 
And for Lord's sake, don't try to eat lunch on Zoom. <laughs> the crunching of the potato chips does you in every time. That's right. Mute yourself before that one. Bob Tobias is a professor in the Key Executive Leadership Program at American University. As always, thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your teleworking schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.